Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake podcast. So today I have more of a personal episode. And obviously this podcast is meant for you and the listeners, but I get a lot of requests for more of that day in the life content very much comes from the blog days where I shared everything about my life as far as my family, my dog, (laughs) literally the meals and the workouts that I did. And I just get a lot of questions, you know, especially on Instagram. I get a lot of DMs, you know, what am I doing as far as nutrition? What are my thoughts on this thing? You know, how is your refrigerator doing? (laughs) Which if you don't follow me on Instagram, the refrigerator has been quite the saga. And for those of you who care, we're still dealing with it. We still do not have an ice maker. (laughs) It's been fun. It's been fun, guys. You didn't realize how much not having a refrigerator impacts your life until you live it and your life feels like it's in shambles. Anyways, today I'm going to share some details about just my current goals as far as body composition goes. I'll share what I'm doing with my macros. I'll talk about fitness and sadly injuries, um, giving you some life updates there. And then I guess we'll talk about business a little bit. I mean, I don't know if that's something that you guys are interested in. I mean, let me know. Um, But obviously it's a big part of my life and growing this business and offering services to women and helping other women who are in this crazy phase of life. So there's just been a lot of things that have happened over here on the business front. So I thought I'd share a little bit of that. So actually, let's just start with that. We'll start with that and then we'll get into the other things. So as far as business, it's been a year. (laughs) It's been a really big year. 2023 has been all about growth and strategy and creating like a real live business. And not to say that I haven't had a business for however many years now, but just doing more of the big girl business things that my business mentor calls it. Um, Jill Coleman, shout out. She's amazing. But I hired her at the beginning of this year. And, you know, that's the thing about having a coach. You have somebody to bounce ideas off of. You have that accountability. You have that direction. So you can confidently move towards your goals. And I mean, I talk about the benefits of coaching all the time. I just have gotten so much further this year than I did in 2022 when I didn't have Jill and thought I could do it all on my own, which to be completely honest and quite frank was a disaster. (laughs) 2022 was a rough year, rough year in the sense that I was kind of spinning my wheels, not getting the results that I wanted and stressing myself out in the process. I was super burned out at the end of last year. So 2023, all about doing things differently, work harder or work smarter, not harder. And I think the biggest changes has been or have been 
hiring people to help me out. So a year ago, you know, a year ago this time, it was myself, you know, doing pretty much everything, you know, all the intake calls, all the interpretations, all the protocols, all the review sessions. And I was doing some one-on-one coaching. I had a small roster of my own clients and then all the things for the business. So all the social media, I was doing the podcast, um, all the financial stuff, all the marketing, all the tech. Oh my gosh, the tech, the tech, (laughs) not my thing. I can do it if I have to. And I'd be that person, you know, watching YouTube videos, trying to figure out stuff, talking to like customer support, trying to fix things. But man, that tech stuff, that just... Oh, it's very time consuming and frustrating. Um, obviously building out all the programs and products, um, fitness programs, hormone programs, email series, email funnels, all of the different offers, like everything that goes into running a business. So it was basically me doing all of that. And then I had two coaches working with me. One of the coaches, Emma, has been with me since the beginning, since Design to Fit and Nutrition House Software fell apart. So I got her from those businesses and she's been with me ever since. And I did rely on her for a lot of the admin stuff as far as customer service emails. She was helping me out with social media, little tasks here and there, like if I needed an image or something created in Canva. And then my other coach, Allison, was also doing some coaching. So it was really just the three of us. Um, But I would say there was a lot on me as far as the business goes. So um, 2023, you know, talking to Jill, getting clear on my goals. I'm like, let's grow this thing. Let's take some of this stuff off my plate. Um, We hired three more coaches, (laughs) all FDN practitioners. I hired an online business manager, which has been amazing. I mean, she's been great as far as just keeping me on track, making sure I'm doing what I need to do, obviously moving the business forward as far as metrics and revenue and all of that. But the biggest thing, she has taken over all of the tech and it has been life-changing. Like if something's broken, I don't have to fix it now. (laughs) If somebody's not getting an email, I don't have to figure out why they're not getting that email. It has been lovely and amazing. And it's just It's taken so much off my plate as far as a lot of those responsibilities. And now I'm spending more time on the things that I like to do, which is the podcast. I made a transition from YouTube to the podcast because YouTube, after doing it for a year, just realized that was not where I want to be as far as (laughs) the type of people on YouTube. And you can... You can read between the lines there, but um, just more people have told me or more women have told me the podcast has been really helpful. I heard you say X, Y, and Z on the podcast. So I just feel like my target market is more into podcasts than they are into YouTube. So moved over here, obviously spending a decent amount of time on Instagram and social media. And then of course, Fit and Fueled has been amazing. I love working with women in that capacity and has been so fun as far as connecting with them and um, just helping women in that capacity. Um, And then, yeah, growing the business, getting organized, creating systems. We moved prior to hiring the online business manager. Pretty much everything we did was on spreadsheets and Google Forms in some capacity. And since then, we've really moved things to um, a new system. So we use Asana now. So things are a lot more organized. You know, things don't get lost. Um, I feel like my coaches 
know what they need to do and they have the resources to do it well, instead of being like, oh, that thing that you need, it's on my desktop. <laughs> Let me send that to you. So just getting organized over here, fixing a lot of the tech that was screwed up. I mean, I am not a tech person. As I joke, it's very much like a duct tape <laughs> business when it comes to the tech. So fixing a lot of landing pages, freebies, offers, things like that. So um, it's it's been great as far as just putting my focus into more of the big things and dial movers for this business. And of course, we have way more clients We've been very busy over here doing tons of testing and all of that. Um, so yeah, it's just been a really, really big year as far as 2023 goes. And health-wise, um, still trucking along with all the UC stuff, but I do feel a lot less stressed. I feel balanced. I'm a lot happier and patient, and I don't feel so much urgency to do all the things for the business, which I do think has taken a lot of that overwhelm and burnout feeling that I had for many years um, running this business. Because, you know, when you run a business, if things don't go well, or they're not the way that you want them, it's on you. I mean, you have to take responsibility for that stuff. So for me, I just feel like I needed to have my hands in everything and do things perfectly and have them a certain way. And now that I have a team who is awesome and I can trust, I have let go of a lot of those things. And it really just has been awesome for my mental, emotional health. So I feel like I'm in a lot better place with all of that. So it just goes to show you like what a year can do with like a good plan and a good coach, um, obviously applies to health too. Um, but yeah, the business just has been great. I'm already looking forward to 2024. I already told Jill, I'm going to give her my money for another year. Um, but yeah, it's just been incredible as far as what has been done in, you know, a short amount of time. It hasn't even been a full year. Okay, so that's business updates. I mean, obviously, one-on-one um, -on -one coaching, I know I've been talking about it for a few weeks on the podcast, but we're taking applications right now. So if you're somebody who wants to get going on uh, all of this health stuff, you want the next year to be different, <laughs> um, now is the perfect time to sign up. Just because with the holidays and everything, we're super duper busy. You're not going to be focused on yourself. You're also not going to be focused on spending money on yourself, you know, an investment into your health and wellness. So I feel like if you can get some of these behind the scenes steps done now, as far as signing up, us ordering the test, you submitting your samples to the labs, us doing the interpretation protocol, all that good stuff you'll be ready to go in January and you can start making changes as far as your nutrition and your fitness and your mindset and your lifestyle and your habits. Um, and of course, you know, start working towards your goals. So when summer comes, you're feeling good. You've lost weight. You're feeling happy. You're feeling balanced. You're feeling confident in your own skin. So anyways, just encouraging you to apply if it's something that you've been thinking about doing for a while now. All right, guys. So that's the business update. Um, as far as my current goals and like where I am from like a health, wellness, body composition part <laughs> of life. Um, so I think the big goal is obviously just remaining in remission as far as the ulcerative colitis stuff goes. I've been on Stellara for about a year now. Um, overall, it is helping. 
Um, I wouldn't say it's been perfect and I don't really understand. I mean, this is the thing about my version of UC. I just have never been able to put the pieces together. I mean, if I'm really stressed out, yes, I see more symptoms, more flare symptoms, more blood. But other than that, I have not been able to put the pieces together over the last 12 years, like diet. I've really never noticed patterns. Um, exercise. I mean, there's been times it's been worse when I was doing too much exercise, but I can't say it's been any worse than when I'm not exercising or not exercising as much. I just really can't put the pieces together. So I'm just going to stay on the meds, keep trucking along. I've added in a few supplements and whatnot. I am not eating gluten. Um, I am not eating processed food. I, I mean, you know, not eating processed food on the regular. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as the gluten stuff, so I dabbled in gluten over the summer, um, just being on vacation and, you know, just wanting a treat here and there. And I did end up having some flare symptoms over the summer. So I don't know if it was the gluten. I, I, I have no clue. So I've just decided to lay off of it. Um, as far as just wanting to have a good, <laughs> you know, gut barrier and, you know, avoiding the leaky gut stuff. And obviously that's something that gluten can do. Um, my GI map didn't even have it that elevated. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with gluten. I'm just not consuming it right now, hoping that it will keep things on track and okay. Um, and that's the funny thing. Like when we see, we run tests on our clients, we'll run a GI map on them and we'll see the uh, zonulin marker really elevated and the gut inflammation really elevated. And it's just giving you information that gluten is, you know, causing issues in your gut. And, you know, it's data from a test. And then these women won't give up gluten. It just like blows my mind. I know it's hard. I know it's a hard change. Um, it took me a while, you know, when I first was diagnosed to give up gluten, but I don't know. I just feel like if I had that information and knew it could possibly help, I would make that change. I don't know. Maybe it's just me and all these years of just struggling through UC and just not finding the answers that if I had an answer, I would just go with it. Like I said, my recent GI map really wasn't that elevated. So I don't even know if it's the gluten. I don't know. Anyways, I'm rambling about that. <laughs> but the goal here is to stay in remission, doing what I can do, um, just being kind to my gut, eating foods that are easily digestible. So I'm not doing any salads or raw veggies, very, very minimal nut seeds. I pretty much avoid them, to be honest. Um, and then, yeah, just well-cooked veggies, lots of protein, lots of foods that are high in minerals and yeah, just not overthinking it to be totally honest. And then <laughs> not overthinking it because I've been there with the UC stuff and trying to eat a perfect diet and then having mental breakdowns about whether I should consume a bell pepper or a tomato or a potato. And I just can't live like that. I was there. I was there with the overthinking and stressing about every single thing that went into my body. And now I'm just not there because I'm not totally convinced the food is what causes my flare symptoms. So that's that. Um, and then as far as body composition, macros, all that good stuff. So after my spring cut, I did a cut in the spring. Um, it was 12 weeks, although being totally honest, it was probably more like eight or nine weeks in the last few weeks. I was not 
on it. Although I continued to lose weight. So that was good. But anyways, um, I wasn't just, I wasn't tracking and on top of things as much as I could have been, but maybe I was, because like I said, I continued to lose weight all 12 weeks of that. And I think I ended up losing seven pounds on the scale. So I think that's pretty good for 12 weeks. It was, you know, slow and steady, but consistent. But after that cut, um, it was basically like, mid end of June, you know, I went right into summer and, you know, we were on vacation. We went on a bunch of vacations. We went to the beach. We were at pool parties. We were at barbecues. We had so much fun this summer and I really just stopped paying attention to tracking anything. Um, obviously I was still trying to get my protein in whole foods when I could, but my diet was not perfect this summer. And then getting back into the school year and the swing of things, you know, it's been a little fly by the seat of my pants, just been busy doing all the things, business, life, all of that. And again, just really haven't been paying too, too much attention to my diet, obviously doing the foundations, but not tracking, um, not being on top of my protein goal or my fiber goal, maybe being a little bit more loose with the snacks, the chips and the peanut butter cups and things like that. Um, so I'm, you know, working with the fit and fuel ladies. And one of the first steps in their transformation journey is a nutrition audit where they take time to actually track what they are consuming. So I decided to do this with them. Um, and my goal, you know, moving into the winter and whatnot is really just to get back quote unquote, on track with prioritizing the protein, getting enough calories. I essentially want to do a lean bulk at this point where a lean bulk is not consuming that many more calories. I mean, you could essentially be in maintenance and still put on muscle. It's just, you have better results if you're eating enough or a little bit over that. Um, just as far as like, you know, muscle needs calories, you know, it just doesn't come out of nowhere. And with all of my injuries this year, I hurt my back hip and then I hurt my shoulder tricep. So I've had a lot of injuries this year, which has been so frustrating. So I haven't been able to work out how I normally do. And I've definitely seen a loss of muscle. So right now I'm just really focused on consuming enough calories, enough of the good stuff, and really trying to build back strength. I mean, I shared this on Instagram the other day, but my left neck, shoulder, tricep has just been, it's been whacked out since July. And you can actually notice a difference in the size of my arms. And my left arm is like, <laughs> it's like atrophied a little bit. You can actually notice where I've lost muscle in my arm. So my goal really probably until the spring where I might do another cut is just building muscle, putting on muscle. And of course that might come with a little bit of weight gain, but you know, coming into the spring and going into a cut, obviously I can lose that fat. So that's my plan is just focusing on strength training, eating enough, um, my maintenance calories, you know, just a quick calculation and what works for me is probably like anywhere, I don't know, probably like 2000 to 2,500 calories. So my goal is to stay there um, macro wise, getting at least hundred grams of protein per day. I always feel successful when I hit hundred grams. Ideally, I'd probably be closer to like 120, 125. And there are some days that I get a little bit more protein, but I personally feel successful when I hit hundred grams. And I do think that's probably enough for my body. I mean, maybe a little bit more would help with those body composition changes, but that's a thing. When I get to a cut, 
it'll be much more important to hit that protein goal as far as maintaining muscle and feeling satisfied. So there's certain phases of all of this nutritional periodization where certain goals and expectations are more important than others. So like during a bulk, you just want to make sure you're lifting some heavy weights, you're sleeping, you're allowing enough time to recover, and you're consuming enough calories and protein and carbs and fat, like all of it's kind of important right now. So for me, it's just making sure I'm consuming enough quality calories and getting that protein in. And then something that I've been doing more recently with this nutrition audit in mind. So Monday through Friday, I'm usually pretty quote unquote good. Like I'm on track. I eat kind of the same things for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Like I said, I've been probably having too, too many snacks and fun things here and there. Um, but for me, it's more the weekends where I get off track. So in recent weeks, I've started tracking what I eat on the weekends. I think this has been really important because it just goes to show you how quickly those snacks add up. So like chips and cereal, and then also alcohol. So the last couple of weekends, Mal and I have gone out just because Quinn has had so many birthday parties. He is so popular, always has something going on. Very active social life for a nine-year-old. But we've been going out and I'll get a martini with dinner. And tracking my food on the weekends just shows you how quickly something like a martini can add up, um, as well as dessert at a restaurant and add in some chips and add in some cereal and mini peanut butter cups from the refrigerator. And yeah, I'm getting pretty close to 3,000 calories on a Saturday. So for me, the weekends are really what trip me up. So if you're somebody that's in the same boat, maybe instead of tracking Monday through Friday, when you're mostly on track, you're doing kind of the same things over and over, track the weekends. I feel like that is really insightful and it has given me a lot of good information and clues and uh, strategy as far as like what to do with my diet on the weekends. So I'm not blowing up my week every single week because I just feel like the weekends I get. So I don't want to say off track because I don't like saying that. It's just how I'm living on the weekends, but I'm just probably going overboard with a lot of the not so healthy things. Um, so that's pro protein is definitely a priority. And then carbs and fat, I kind of just let them fall where they may. On a workout day, I'm probably consuming more carbs um, just because I just worked out. Those carbs are important as far as energy production, repairing muscles, um, just overall wellness and happiness. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done a low carb diet, but they suck. Um, so for me, um, it's just getting enough good carbohydrates on my workout days. And then usually on my rest days could be a little bit more high fat, but I just let the carbs and fat fall where they may and really just focus on my protein goal and my calories. So I also wanted to take you through um, just a quick outline of how my day typically goes like Monday through Friday, maybe a little bit on the weekends too. Again, like I, I do like having a routine. Um, I'm not like super strict, but it could just be helpful as far as sharing an example of, you know, what my day looks like as far as like food and fitness and all that goes. So pretty much I wake up in the morning. Um, I take uh, a number of my supplements on an empty stomach. I'll have water in the morning first thing. And then I usually just kind of putz around the house. Maybe I'll get dressed for the gym. I'll make Quinn's lunch. I just, you know, 
do a few things around the house, feed Murphy. Maybe I take Murphy for a walk. Depends how dark it is outside at that hour. Um, But then I'll have coffee and breakfast. I would say most mornings, my breakfast is eggs and toast. If I have my act together and I've made potatoes or sweet potatoes, I'll put that with my eggs. Um, Sometimes I'll do beans and eggs in the morning. Sometimes I'll just have eggs and a banana, like running out the door on the way to the gym, but it's basically eggs with some sort of carb source. And a lot of times it is a whole food carb source. Although I always joke gluten-free bread is my (laughs) toxic trait. I just love gluten-free bread. It's just so good with eggs, Um, but I'll have eggs in the morning. Um, Typically I have like two or three eggs and then maybe I'll throw in some egg whites. It just kind of depends on the morning and how hungry I am. Um, If I'm working out, I'll make a protein shake and it's almost always vanilla whey protein, um, bone broth, collagen, both are from Paleo Valley, coconut water and orange juice. And sometimes I'll put a little bit of creatine in. Sometimes I'll put some probiotics there. Sometimes I'll put prebiotics in there. Um, Again, just kind of depends on the morning and how on top of it and how much time I have in the morning. But any day that I work out, I bring that protein shake because it's good for energy before the workout during the workout and after the workout, as far as recovery and, you know, just helping build muscle. Um, And then typically after the gym, I'll drink my protein shake. Sometimes I bring a banana too. Again, it just depends on what I had for breakfast and how hungry I am. If I'm having one of those mornings where I'm just kind of like running out the door with like an egg on a piece of toast, I'll totally grab a banana or something for later. I also like those superfood bars from Paleo Valley. Those have been really good too. They're all superfoods. They're 10 grams of protein. They have some carbs in them. So I like those too for just like a quick out the door situation. Um, And then I usually go to my favorite coffee shop and that's where I'll have my banana or my bar or finish my protein shake. I work for a few hours, have calls with my team, catch up with clients, um, all the things um, at the coffee shop. And then I typically go home for lunch. Um, Again, it depends. Sometimes I'll get something at the coffee shop if I'm like really in it and you know, have a lot going on. But a lot of times I go home for lunch. And then I'm a big fan of my PFF framework, which if you follow me on Instagram, you have definitely heard about it. But I would say like 90% of my meals are this framework. And PFF stands for protein, fiber, flavor. And most of my meals are three ingredients. I mean, if I'm getting fancy, it might be four ingredients or five, but like literally three ingredients almost all the time. And I like this because It helps me hit my nutritional goals. It helps me get more whole foods in and it's tasty and I don't have to overthink it. I really don't think too, too much about what I'm going to eat. I just open the fridge and I say, okay, protein that has fiber in it. How are we going to make this taste good? And that's the flavor part. But yeah, protein, you know, we do a lot of chicken breast, um, ground beef, ground sirloin, cod, salmon, um, chicken thighs, um, shrimp, um, pulled pork. I mean, any sort of protein source, eggs, uh, Greek yogurt. Those are just some of my like go-to ones, but pair, I first think about protein and then I pair it with some sort of fiber source. And if you think about the best sources of fiber, it's whole foods, it's vegetables and fruit and beans and lentils and avocado. Um, So any of those whole foods are usually what I add to that protein source. So you guys know I love beans. I love lentils. I've been really into sweet potatoes lately, potatoes, broccoli. Oh, I've been really into roasted cauliflower. 
um, peas, carrots, um, pears. Quinn's been really into pears. So we always have pears in this house, but I love a good pear. It's apple season here. I also eat a lot of bananas. Um, so really it just depends on what we have prepared as far as leftovers go. Um, I sometimes do frozen vegetables or frozen fruit. Just again, just kind of depends on what's going on and what's been meal prepped and what we have available. But I did, um, Greek yogurt the other day with some frozen raspberries that I just nuked them in the microwave for a few minutes. So they all got like juicy and soft and whatnot. And then I mixed that into the Greek yogurt with ground flaxseed and a little bit of cereal. It was so good. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of frozen in certain situations. Um, but you know, a lot of times I'm eating leftovers from dinner and anytime I cook dinner, I always cook extra. So, I mean, the other night, you know, Mal wanted chicken, broccoli, rice. It's one of his favorite meals. I mean, Quinn will eat it too. I'll eat it. So we have that almost weekly, but when I made that broccoli, I also made a bunch of roasted cauliflower and a bunch of roasted carrots. So we had just all this these extra veggies in the house. So for lunch, it just made things so much easier. Like I had them ready to go. All I needed to do is pop them in the microwave. And then the final step is flavor, which I use a lot of barbecue sauce. I'm just a fan of barbecue, but um, fresh salsa is another one I've been really into. There's this great pizza seasoning from Trader Joe's that I've been putting on things. It's really good on potatoes. Um, I went through a pesto phase where I was eating pesto a bunch, buffalo sauce, um, honey mustard, if you can find like a good honey mustard, you can always mix any sort of condiment like that with a little like apple cider vinegar to kind of like thin it out a little bit, um, just to make it more of a dressing so it's not so thick. And then that apple cider vinegar, they say it's good for blood sugar reg regulation and digestion and whatnot. Um, and I also just kind of like that vinegary taste, but you have endless options as far as like what flavor you add to a meal, like a condiment, a sauce, a dressing, a spice, something like that. Um, but it's whatever you want. I mean, sometimes my flavor is butter <laughs> because who doesn't love butter with some salt on there? Butter and salt makes everything taste good. And then um, that's lunch. And then a snack, afternoon snack. Um, I've been into Greek yogurt a lot lately. Um, I also will do like an adrenal cocktail, like protein shake. Um, maybe with some electrolyte powder thrown in again, like if I had a protein shake, um, because I worked out that day, I won't do like another one in the afternoon. I just feel like that's a lot of like whey and like, you know, not whole food sources of protein, not that it's a big deal, but I just try not to rely on protein powder and collagen like too, too much. So on like a rest day in the snack, I'll make an adrenal cocktail protein shake, which is essentially orange juice coconut water, um, whey protein, collagen, and then I'll throw like a little salt in there or maybe a scoop of the Paleo Valley electrolytes. Like the watermelon is so good. Um, the other flavors are good too, but the watermelon's the best, but sometimes I'll put that in with a little OJ. Um, it's basically my workout protein shake, but in the afternoon and sometimes I just add like a little more OJ in there. It just, again, it kind of depends on the afternoon and how hungry I am. That's where I've been getting into trouble with <laughs> the salt and vinegar chips. I've been really, Quinn actually got me onto salt and vinegar chips. He, I don't know where he had them or how he even got it in his head. I didn't even know this kid liked salt and vinegar, but he asked for us to buy them at the grocery store. And ever since then, I have been just like loving them. So that's where I kind of get into a bad hat, quote unquote, bad habit where I just keep putting my hand in the chip bag and just taking a handful, taking a handful. And I probably do that five, six times. 
So I've been being a little bit more conscious of my choices and I will measure a serving of chips. And if I want another serving, you know, I'll have a second serving or third serving, but I measure them every time just to keep myself honest. And a lot of times like tracking your food, weighing and measuring, it really is just an awareness piece and helping you be accountable to yourself. But that's usually where I get in a little bit of trouble with like the snacks. Sometimes there's a little cheese involved, maybe some crackers. So afternoon snacks, like definitely up in, up in the air. I also like those little Brazilian cheese breads from Trader Joe's. So again, highly processed, but also really, really tasty. So afternoon snack is usually not my, my best showing for nutrition, but this is carrots and cake world, but afternoon, it's always a thing. I'm working on it. I'm working on adding more protein and whole foods, but that's what I've been into lately. And then dinner, very, very similar to lunch. I think the only difference is, is that I'm cooking something um, and not relying on leftovers. If we have leftovers, sure. We'll pull them out of the fridge. We'll eat them up. All good. Um, but that's where I'm, you know, cooking some sort of meat typically or fish or something like that. Maybe roasting some veggies or making a pot of beans or rice or something like that. So again, just kind of depends, but I keep it simple. Three ingredients, protein, fiber, flavor. And thankfully, Mal kind of eats the same way. I mean, he's a healthy the eater and he's all about simplicity too. I mean, I just told you guys one of his favorite meals is chicken broccoli rice and he will eat that. He'd probably eat that multiple days a week, but I can't, I just can't eat the same thing over and over, but we have that almost weekly, but thankfully he is fine with simple meals. And then Quinn is getting less picky with his eating. He's still like a little bit picky, but a lot of times he'll eat part of what we're eating. And then I might make him something extra, you know, just so he has it. So he's been really into rice lately. Um, fish sticks he's been really into lately. Um, the blueberry goat cheese from Trader Joe's. He's loving that pears. He's crushing pears lately. Um, so I just might add something a little bit different to his meal, but he'll eat chicken. He'll eat rice. We're still trying with the vegetables, but at least he takes a bite. (laughs) So we'll give them that. Um, But yeah, like dinner is pretty simple as far as like the PFF method. And then I always have dessert. Lately, I've been into those mini peanut butter cups from Trader Joe's. I just keep them in the fridge. Um, I typically have, I don't know, two, maybe three. I mean, three is a serving. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I've had three. We're good. And a lot of times I am good after two, maybe three peanut butter cups, but that's what I do for dessert. Sometimes ice cream. If we have Hornstra ice cream in the house, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, those chocolate covered rice cakes from Trader Joe's. Those are delicious. And I think one rice cake is only like 50 calories. So you could totally have two, three, four, have as many as you want. Um, A lot of times I'll add peanut butter to them, which I guess (laughs) on the calorie front, it's going to add a decent amount of calories, but the combination of chocolate, peanut butter, and a rice cake. So, so good. And then that's dessert. Um, A lot of times I get my PJs, I'll read, put Quinn to bed, um, take more of my supplements. A lot of times I'm taking a bunch of magnesium before bed. Um, I'll do my progesterone drops if I'm in the second half of my cycle. 
And then, yeah, go to bed. I mean, that's pretty much my day, but just kind of gives you an outline of what things look like and, you know, how things go. That's pretty much Monday through Friday, but the weekend similar-ish. But again, that's where I was kind of getting tripped up. I was getting a little bit off track on the weekend. So I've just started tracking my food again, just to make sure um, I'm staying on track because if you think about, you know, being on track like Monday through Thursday, I don't know if you're like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like weekend warrior, Monday through Thursday is 60% of your week. So if you think about being on track for 60% of your week, that's not really ideal. That's like a D minus as far as getting results. So I do think paying attention to Friday, Saturday, Sunday makes, makes a big difference as far as like getting results. Um, and then on the fitness front. So like I said, I've been recovering from injuries. It's been a rough year. Um, I've gotten injured in the past and typically I would hurt myself, tweak my back, tweak my neck, tweak my shoulder, whatever it is, whatever it was. And a week later, two weeks later, I'd be back at it. Like these injuries have been months. So I hurt my back in March, um, better, uh, better overall, but not, not a hundred by any means. Um, I can walk. I'm, I'm really happy about that. I can stand in the kitchen for long periods of time. I don't have numbness in my foot or my leg anymore. So we've made major progress with that, but I still can't do any sort of hinging. So no deadlifting, um, no goblet, like heavy loads in the front of my body and then downward dogs and things like that hurt. So any sort of like bending at the hip, just, I'm not there a hundred, but I've improved a lot. So like the numbness, the constant pain, um, so, so much better. So that is, we're making progress there. And then the next shoulder thing happened in July and that has been a lot of highs and lows. Um, there's definitely days where I feel a lot better. So this is the thing that's driving me crazy about it is that I've been going to physical therapy. I've been taking it easy at the gym, yada, yada. And during the day, it's mostly fine. Like I feel pretty good. Like right now, as I'm recording this episode, it doesn't hurt, but I've had numbness in my fingers. So, um, my pointer, my middle and my ring finger were all completely numb. The palm of my hand was numb. And a lot of that has gone away. My pointer finger still isn't a hundred percent, but it's so much better than it was. So fingers crossed, I'm hoping like the nerve stuff will get better and then the pain will get better. Cause what I'm dealing with now is it used to be pain, shoulder, like a lot of pulling and like that is a lot better. So like when I was driving a car, um, it would just kill. Like I hated driving because it would just, my shoulder would pull forward and would just hurt. Now it's just constant pain in the tricep and like muscle spasms and whatnot. So I do think that could still be nerve stuff going on, but the tricep is so weak and I've had serious muscle loss to the point where you can notice. And then at PT, we tested the strength on my right arm and my left arm and my left arm, the weak arm is like 50% of the strength as far as where it used to be, which is so frustrating because <laughs> my right arm works great. It can push, it can pull, it can do all the things, you know, I'm doing I typically use like 30, 35, 40 pound dumbbells on the right side. And on the left side, I'm like using like 20s. It's like so sad. It's like so much strength has been lost. I'm trying to stay positive and realize how far I've come. Because like I said, I used to have numbness in my hand. Like we've come a long way with this injury, but 
it is frustrating. It is really, really frustrating. So just trying to build back that strength. So I'm doing my PT exercises every day. I do them at the gym sometimes. Um, the gym where I work out has been amazing as far as helping me substitute ep- um, exercises and modify things and really just help me, you know, get back to hundred percent health. But I just think it's going to take a little while, unfortunately. And I'm really, really impatient. And then as far as what I'm doing on the fitness front, so I work out at Magnitude in Norwell. Um, They're awesome. I feel like when I, when I tell people about them, I always say they just do everything right. I just feel like they're really smart with their training. Um, they don't do too much. So you don't leave there sore and hating your life or injuring yourself. And I feel like they make you do a lot of the things that you know you should do, but you don't always do. So for me, it's like the core work, um, strengthening obliques and shoulders and a lot of the glute stuff that I lacked from all those years of running. And I don't know, it's just a lot of whole body strength training, which I really, really like. And I just feel like I, despite all the injuries have gotten stronger and I'm working in the right direction, but I really like working out there. Their coaches are great and yeah, I'm just going to continue to truckle on, but I work out there or I take two classes a week there. They're full body strength training, um, for an hour. And then at the end of class is 10 minutes of cardio or hit training pretty much all the time. I'm on the bike just because I can't really run. <laughs> I can't push a sled. So I'm happy on the bike, um, but I, I say 10 minutes, but sometimes the workout's five minutes or six minutes. It just depends on what we're doing, but a little little sweat session there and it is challenging. And then one day a week, um, I either work out at home or I work out at Quinn's Jiu-Jitsu gym, which they also have just a regular gym in the basement. So I'll do typically a lower body workout just because I do feel better on the lower body front as far as injuries and whatnot. And again, lost some strength as far as my glutes go. So just trying to build them back. So um, I do two days at Magnitude. One day at Kazan is where Quinn goes to jujitsu. And then I've been trying to get at least one yoga class in a week, sometimes two. It just kind of depends on the week. But I do wonder if all these injuries are from lack of stretching and lack of mobility. So been trying to get there as far as just more stress, stretching, um, more gentle movement. Um, and I go to Kazan for that too. They have some great classes. So I've um, been trying to do that one to two times a week. So yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. I think I covered my bases. I put a lot of notes of all the different things that I wanted to tell you. Um, Oh, actually, real quick on the family front, I'll just give you like a quick update about my family because I know some of you guys are long-term blog readers. Um, but Quinn, he is doing great. He's nine. He's in the fourth grade. Um, he's loving jujitsu. He's still doing his Rubik's, um, scales is alive and well, he's still kicking. Um, and yeah, he's just, yeah, getting excited for Halloween and, oh, I guess I'm recording this a few weeks before it's going live, but he's excited to have his buddies over and go trick-or-treating and all that good stuff. But yeah, we're just trucking along with everything. I think the next big thing will be skiing. We got him some rentals for the season. So we're going to try to hit a few different mountains this year. He really got into it at the end of last year. So that's when, oh, he's going to play basketball in the winter and yeah, just loving math in school, loving science 
And I think that's about it. I mean, just having a nine-year-old is so fun. He's so funny and just silly and sweet and loving and thoughtful. And he's just awesome. He's awesome. Um, Mal doing his teacher thing. I think he's like in his 18th year. Um, he also bought a fancy bike this summer. So he's been really into mountain biking. He's also, you know, just lifting at home. He's really excited about skiing season. He has a snowboard, but you know, he he'll ski too. He'll rent skis, but, um, we bought our ski passes. We're going to do a bunch of skiing. So he's excited for that. I'm trying to think what else. Um, that's about it. I mean, he's just trucking along with work and sports and fitness and, oh, he does a Peloton bike and listens to a ton of podcasts. I feel like he always has his headphones in listening to something, <laughs> um, but he's awesome. He's awesome doing well. And then Murphy, which I know you guys want to hear about. He is 14. He is so old and cranky. No, I'm kidding. He's not cranky. He's just, he's just old and like very set in his ways. I feel like pugs are stubborn creatures, but in his old age, he's more stubborn and more grumbly and health-wise he's doing okay. Um, he's had some eye issues, not ulcers, but his eye gets really red and he'll like rub his eye on the carpet. So I know it's like really bothering him, but also rubbing his eye on the carpet is making it worse. So we're doing meds, we're doing drops, we're doing all that. Um, he can't hear anything. Um, he's totally deaf at this point. I mean, he only has one ear to begin with, but that one ear is is deaf. Um, I'm starting to see him be a little bit more limpy and gimpy. He has trouble like moving around. He can't jump on the couch anymore. He cannot jump on the bed anymore. We don't let him jump off the couch or the bed anymore. And then he walks upstairs probably 10 times a day to follow us around. And then he needs to be carried down the stairs about 10 times a day. So Quinn estimated that I bring Murphy downstairs 10 times a day. And I think that's a pretty good guess. But he's just old and gushy and lovely. He's still so cuddly. He loves food. He's such a psycho when it comes to the food. Um, but yeah, he's he's just my favorite little creature and he's doing okay. He's doing okay. All right, guys, I hope you appreciated this life update, nutrition, fitness, business, family update. Um, if you haven't applied yet for one-on-one -on -one coaching, please do. We're accepting applications for anybody who wants to get going in January. So apply online. Once you apply, you will get an auto email with all the details. And then if you have questions, simply hit reply to that email or book a discovery call with me. I mean, discovery call is a great way to get your questions answered and just see if this program is for you and if it will work for you as far as what you need with regard to your health and your goals and the data from all the functional testing and whatnot. All right, guys, I am rambling. I hope you appreciated this rambly episode and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.